Hi, this is Craig from Spam By Me, and welcome to episode 23 of the You'll Never Walk Together podcast. Now I'm joined today, as I normally am, by Mark, Marco Van Pickering, the MVP. Mark, how the devil are you today? I'm very good, Craig. Yourself? I'm not bad. I'm looking forward to this end of season season review, and then uh, we both get a week holiday next week. We've managed to do 23 do. episodes consecutively on a weekly basis, which is nearly half a year now, which is insane, really, isn't it? Jesus Christ. When you put it like that, <laughs> it's a long time. I want to sort of start with a quick shout-out, I think, cause obviously you'll know this, Craig, but it is um, somebody's birthday week in, in our house, and um, I want to start with... Well, obviously, it's my wife's birthday today, so I'm going to say happy birthday to Keely. Um, obviously, love you loads. Happy birthday. If we could have the code word as happy birthday to Keely today, I would appreciate that. Why not? I also want to wish another person who was very important to me happy birthday, and that was Tony Yaboa. It was his birthday yesterday, so... <laughs> so, obviously, I've got my wife, and then I've got, you know, the man, the legend, the myth, Tony Yaboa, we talk about him last week, won't we? But, um, yeah, two big birthdays in two days. Obviously, wife is more important, but happy birthday to, to, to old Tony as well at the same time. Happy birthday, Big Tom. Big Tobung Tony. Uh, yes, today's <laughs> episode, it's a bonus episode. So first of all, I want to say thank you for everybody that's joined us so far on this journey. Like I said, episode 23, if you think there's 26 weeks in uh, half a year, because there's 52 in a year, you've uh, nearly been with us for half a year now. So that's a lot of waffle that you've had to listen to. So thank you very much. Um, we've got a couple of different awards. Um, I'll let Mark lead on this one. Uh, I'll, I'll let him lead on most of today because a lot of the categories were, were his idea. I can't take credit for them, but uh, I have got views and opinions on them all. So, Mark, if you'd like to lead. Perfect. Obviously, yeah. So the idea behind this week's show is that we're going to go through nine nine categories. We're going to give an award out sort of for our player moment, whatever the category may be. We're going to give a couple of honourable mentions out, which is what we, me and Craig like to do. And yeah, as, as Craig will often say, when we talk about things, everything is subjective and objective, whatever, however you want to put it, but it's an opinion, isn't it? So this is mine and Craig's personal viewpoint on the season and, and our teams and what we think. Not everyone's going to agree, some might agree, some will definitely disagree, but um, ultimately, as I say, it's all it's all subjective. So yeah, I just want to sit back and enjoy it. So first category, first award, like in most award shows, is the player of the season now. This one was difficult for me because, as I said to Craig, a lot of these are difficult because we've had a bit of a stinker this season. I'm sure you'll agree on that, Craig. Oh, yeah. But I want to sort of give a couple of honourable mentions. So two people that missed out in my eyes were Jack Harrison for Leeds United this season. So Leeds United is my side. Liverpool, Craig's side, as you all know by now. If you don't, I've just told you. But yeah, Jack Harrison for me, um, and a cracky season for Leeds. A couple of important goals, which I will lead on to later in further awards. And yeah, you know, you give 100% all season. So honourable mention to, to Jack. Second one is Ilian Meslier, Melier, however you want to pronounce his name. Obviously not being a Frenchman. I'm sure as French people at that time you have to pronounce it. He also is worth an honourable mention because, you know, like Craig alluded to last week and I did in our season review, more saves in Premier League, but did he face them because of the shocking defence in front of him? Probably. But the winner for me, and it's going to shock a lot of people, is Adam Forshaw. Now, the reason I've gone for Forshaw is because we lost Liam Cooper and Calvin Phillips for a long part of this season. And Adam Forshaw, who'd been out for a long time with potentially career-threatening injury, came back into the lead side at the start of this season. And it was an absolute unit 
you know, signed did fill its role. Or it weren't winning games, but he was trying his utmost. He had a few cracking games in a row. Then he sort of unfortunately got injured again, which saw him on sidelines and he came back in, but ultimately got rolled out again by injury. But for me, there were a lot of people in there, but I just thought if I had to look back on this season and look back at one person that I think stands out for Leeds, as much as a lot of people will, will probably call out a lot of other players, I think for me, Forshaw wins that. So congratulations, Adam Forshaw. You are my player of the season. Greg, thoughts? Um, I'll I'll go on. I'll start with Leeds is player of the season for me anyway. Uh, different to you, obviously. You you uh, love absolutely absolutely love Mr. Adam Forskin. Um, I've gone with Rafinha for obvious reasons. Now I think he's a great player. I think he's one of them players that's not going to stay for the rest of his career at Leeds. So I think it's one of them where Leeds are going to have to enjoy him while he lasts. How much longer he lasts at Leeds is up in the air. I know there's uh, rumours. That Liverpool are sniffing round him. Now I believe Liverpool are sniffing round him based solely on the fact that he can take free kicks and we haven't got anybody at the minute that can. I don't think we've scored a free direct free kick since uh, for, for the last two years. So to get him for his free kicks alone, can you remember when we got um, Charlie Adam from Blackpool? We're basically getting an upgraded, decent Charlie <laughs> Adam. We just we basically signed him because he can take free kicks. So yeah, my Liverpool. Player of the season. Now, unlike Mark in this uh, category, I haven't got an honourable mention. If you're not first, you're last. Um, piss off sort of thing, but I'm only joking. Um, yeah, I ain't got an honourable mention because we could have really been here for a full 90 minutes going on about honourable mentions. We've uh, had a pretty great season, haven't we? But for me, my uh, player of the season, probably some people like Mark uh, or some people will agree, some people won't agree, like Mark stated. It's just an opinion. My opinion is is my player of the season for Liverpool, Luis Diaz. Now, he only came in January and he's managed to win four medals this season. He's won two Cups for Liverpool, but he also qualified for the League and the Cup for Porto. So that goes to show you what a decent player he is. He can use both his feet, he can use his head, can go past defenders, cut inside, go outside, use his left foot, use his right foot. And if we're losing players such as Mane or Salah, then is a, a pretty decent replacement, if not better. So, yeah, that's for me, Mr. Luis Diaz. Congratulations. You are my player of this season. Full of a pull. I like it, Craig. And, and me and Lucas were sort of debating about this for you when we thought, you know, Salah might be in with a shout, but poor Staffcon didn't do enough for me, whereas Diaz came in and kind of hit the ground running from the start, didn't he, and carried it through to the end of the season. So, yeah, I sort of, I said Diaz, Lucas thought Salah. So, um, yeah. I think I'd echo that. I think I've said a lot about Diaz recently. And for me, if he'd have been there a full season, I mean, it's hard to say what would have happened in terms of winning league or not, because you, you got to three finals, you, you you lost league by a point. What more could you have done? Like you said, would you have meant you win those two games that you lost? Could you turn those draws into wins? Probably. But what more could you have done? But I just think in that, in that time that he came in, yeah, he was the man that, that for me stood out and didn't get enough playing time. I'm not criticising Klopp, by the way. We, but I just feel like he should have had more time, you know, in terms of he on bench or that, wasn't it? But yeah, I would echo your sentiments there and, and, and sort of say for me, Diaz would stand out in a, in a cracking season as, as sort of my player as well. So yeah, great choice. There's an argument to be made for um, Salah or Mane, basically, for player at season. But like you said, I don't think Salah were consistent enough after January. I think, I can't really remember the entire exact number, but I think up to Christmas, Salah had got 14 in league. And then if you're ending with 23, it just goes to show you after AFCON, he completely went missing. Now, did that coincide with the signing of Diaz? Did he think that he won the big dog anymore? 
who's to say? But yeah, that that one me on that one. Um, we've got young player of the season now. Um, I'll let Mark again lead on that one. Yeah, sounds good, Craig. So mine is this again another strange one. It's not a strange one. It's my opinion, isn't it? But two honourable mentions that I've got. So I can't ignore as much as I've given him a lot of grief at times and said he's not ready. I can't ignore Joe Galdas contribution this season you know a couple of goals won a penalty against Wolves that allowed us to get a draw out of the game you know he's had certain moments this season that that have been great so I think good breakout season for Geldart it's just obviously there's more to come from him and again don't agree with you now got my dog dog my dog's now live in the studio with us which is funny give me one second on that thought Craig yeah, I don't think the uh, the dog agreed with Mark on that one there. I think he were uh, barking mad. Bum bum bum. Well, uh... Right, everyone, I'm back. So, uh, yeah, this is live podcast and this is what happens. So, yeah, apologies for the interruption. <laughs> it's not only Craig's dog, isn't it, Craig? What does the yeah, damage? But, yeah. Um, yeah, brilliant. So, yeah, that was a live studio guest in the shape of yeah. uh, Jack Russell at four years old. But there you go. So, you yeah. Never got through a full season without out. him. I think he must have just got a bit say, jealous. She snuck in, to be fair to her, she snuck in, she did all right. And do you know what? Let's leave that in because it's quite funny. You know, you get his award show as well, like Kanye West went up and stormed stage and <laughs> yeah. tells us we've got an award and stuff like that. So like my dogs disagree with me from my point of view, so let's just have that as a, a bit of a protester. When Michael Jackson drummer he were on the, on the stage and he got sort of pulled down by that fan, do you remember? Oh, with Jarvis Cocker, wasn't it? Stage. He got up on stage and got his arse out. Yeah. Weirdo. Yeah, that's what I mean. So yeah, we should have a bit of a, a, staging, a stage invader. Brilliant. What a way to end. But yeah. Joe Galdart, I've sort of mentioned. So, yeah, great breakout season for him. Thought he's done pretty well. Next up is Ilya Melier again. So, he was in my player of the year, honourable mentions. He's also made him a young player because he's only a young man. Again, for reasons above, he's, he's worth a shout. But I've given it, and a lot might not agree with this, I've given it to Pascal Strike. Now, Craig knows why, how I feel about Pascal Strike. I've talked about him quite a bit. And for me, he's come in at a time when we lost Cooper. He's come in and played several positions this year. He's been out at right back. You know, he's been out on right back. You know, he's done all sorts, and he's kind of one of these. I think he's got big potential. He's 22 year old, and like I said, he'll probably, probably, if he keeps going on this trajectory, may well one day be in the centre of defence for you know for the Netherlands. And obviously, that's occupied at the minute by Delit, by Van Dijk, two players that he won't decide anytime soon. But ultimately, they'll move on at some point, won't they? In terms of getting older. So, if he continues like he does, maybe that's the case for him. But I just think. A lot of times I've said this year, what a, what a game by him and, and how well he's played and, and some of his passing and stuff. So, for me, not your conventional winner, but yeah, Pascal Strike takes that in the young player of the season category for me. So, I'll hand it over to you, Craig, for your thoughts and your uh, your award as well. Hold on there, Mr. Pascal. I always thought it were Belgian for some strange reason. Didn't realise they were Dutch. Um, I only really knew this season, yeah. It's hard to know sometimes. You lose track, don't you? Uh, yeah, well, I went with uh, one of your runner-ups for the uh, for the Leeds Young Player of the Season anyway, and that one, Mr Melier. I think he's got an head like a bit of a, a, a French bulldog, hasn't he? He's, he's got an absolutely massive head. But yeah, he's got a good young head on his shoulders. For me, sometimes, and at times, he's pretty much kept Leeds in this in this league with some of the saves that he's made. He made a couple of uh, decent double saves, didn't he, a couple of weeks ago. I forget who it is because... All the games seems to be merging into one at the minute. But yeah, for me, the young player of the season for Leeds United, I went with uh, Elan Melier. Seems like a nice lad. I've seen videos of him just walking his dog about in the streets and fans seem to uh, be able to approach him and he's not an abed about it. So you can't really ask for much more than that. My young player of the year for Liverpool, uh, Ibrahima Kanate. Uh, he's only signed him this season. First season that he's played for Liverpool. 
He's only played a handful of games for us, but he's shown strength, good decision making. He's got an eye for a goal as well. He's got a de- couple of decent goals in Champs League this year. He's looked good in most of the games that he's played. I know he's made a couple of mistakes, but you know he's still young, still uh, still learning his trade at Liverpool, and he, he looks very comfortable alongside Mr. Virgil Van Dijk in the centre of defence. To an extent, is somewhat replaced or displaced Matip. So next season, he might be first choice for starting. But yeah, for me, I think he's probably going to get used a lot more next season. Uh, Ibrahima or Ibu Kanate. He's got some pace as well. If you look on YouTube, he's got some afterburners that kick in every now and again. Uh, and if you get chance as well, watch him against Ibrahimovic. He absolutely bullied him this season in Champions League. That was quite funny. Going on. I think I, I actually agree. And what shocked me about him, I didn't realise. He was 23 year old. He looks that 40, doesn't he, when yeah, you see him playing? I don't mean in terms of physical looks. I just mean the maturity that he's shown this season, especially in big games. And he's popped up, hasn't he, more than one occasion with important. Yeah, I just think, I didn't realise he was so young. So um, I'm in agreement there he's in a... terms of the, the young players and young players. I think he's probably had a shout, maybe an outside chance for player as well. I thought he were, you know, I thought he were decent. So. Yeah, I would like to, to second you on that and say that, um, yeah, I'd also go for him. So, yeah, fair play to him. If you get and a chance. That moves us on to that we do a match a day goal of the season. Now, again, completely subjective because, you know, Craig might have a goal where there's been 19 passes for Liverpool because they can't pass a ball night late. And, you know, to tap in back force from somebody, it might be a, a thunder bastard, as I call them, you know, a strike. But I'll go through two that was honourable mentions from the same player. So first one for me was Jack Harrison against West Ham. I don't know if you remember it, Craig. He scored a goal for his hat-trick way. He dinked it over Fabianski. He sort of come edge of air and just dinked it over him. And that was sort of the yeah, hat-trick goal for Harrison. And it was a right-cracking little goal, especially away from home as well. So that was sort of up there. And then Harrison's against Brentford, the one that we both know, happened just a couple of weeks ago when we stayed up in Premier League. And um, he just hit it on an half for the edge of the season. But the only one I could go for, and I'm sure you know this yourself, Craig, is Luke Haven against Scum. I mean... Manchester United game, and I appreciate that we got hammered 5-1, but at a point where it was 1-0, second half began, and Luke Ayling sort of gets the ball from Dallas. He's a good way out, takes a touch, gets the ball for about 20 yards and just absolutely hammers a thunderbolt straight past the hair in the corner. And I think it completely beat him. You know, it would have beaten any goalkeeper in the world. De Gea's not a bad goalkeeper, but he absolutely burst neck with it. And um, for me, as much as it was first get hit season, and it's like, right, that's a goal season straight away. I did, contact, I did think about other ones, but yeah, I just got to that way from Ailing because you know, to be a right back and to score a goal at season contender is uh, isn't doesn't happen. He did do it actually last year, last time against Huddersfield and got promoted from Championship. Remember that goal was gone against Huddersfield pre-COVID and he got that volley to beat uh, Huddersfield one 0 and, and yeah, Ailing's known for scoring good goals, but yeah, that's got to be my goal of the season. So yeah, I don't know what your thoughts are if you remember that goal, Craig, but. Um, vaguely, obviously, I've watched every single match this season, and God knows how many other matches from other teams and stuff, so everything sort of merges into one. But I went with a different one. Same, well, it wasn't the same player. It was your runner-up player, Mr Jack Harrison. Now, you'll remember the game. It was against Watford on the 9th of yep. April. And I went with the Jack Harrison goal in that game. I think it was just towards end of game. And you even said on podcast, if Messi hits that or Ronaldo hits that, we're talking about one at goals at season. And it was an absolute left-footed arrow in a far corner. Bullet. Great hit from outside at box, and yeah, that was uh, my goal of the season for Leeds anyway in uh, in in that category. Being a bit blessed in my own in terms of my own team anyway, because there were 
what, 94 goals for Liverpool this season. That's just in Premier League. So I had quite a lot to choose from. Now, we mentioned Salah pre-AFCON. Now, pre-AFCON, he was probably, for me, one of the best players, if not top three players in the world, before he went off to AFCON. I don't know what happened to him over there. I don't know if the fact that he lost and he were blinded by them lasers, he turned into one of fucking turtles while he were over there, and he, he sort of never came back, did he, really? We're being honest. But on the 3rd of October last year, <laughs> Mr. Mohamed Salah scored an absolute wonder goal against Man City. So I had this to choose from, and a, a close runner-up, and that were the goal against Watford, which were a similar goal, really, sat about six or seven players down. I went with the City one over the Watford one because it's Watford, didn't it? I know you don't expect players to be shitter. Like, I'd, look, if you're looking at Amy Laporte and you're looking at Craig Kafka, they're chalk and cheese, aren't they? You wouldn't expect to be able to do it against uh, Laporte. It, it, Salah basically turned him inside out and then he's hit the shot across the keeper and it's gone in and everybody's gone mental. Now, he did a similar one against Watford, but obviously Watford are Watford and City are City. So to be able to do that... The score the goal that he did against uh, City, sat about three or four different players down, jinxed in and out, and then smashed it. If he'd have carried on with that form, who knows what, what would have happened in the league. But, you know, if your auntie had bollocks, she'd be your uncle, didn't you? So it's one of them things. But, yeah, for me, my goal of the season, Salah's goal against City, closely followed by the one against Watford a few weeks later. Now, moving on for the next category, we have got the game of the season. Now, Mark, what is your game of the season? So this was this was difficult because we've had so much drama late on in games this season. But the the, the sort of two again honourable men. I've, I've gone on a pattern here. You'll see of honourable mentions. I like that. It's just sort of giving it and the runners up are you know nominees and all that. But yeah, I've got Leeds two Norwich one when there was that Ellen Road game and Galdar, remember it got that 94th minute winner against Norwich now. reason I've got that down there is because at that point we were drawing with, with well, Norwich equalising injury time and we thought, fuck, we've just thrown away a one-nil lead and it was a vital point, you know, vital point of the season to get three points and we managed to claw it back to sort of win that game in the 94th minute. So that's up there just because it seems. Another one has to be um, Brentford one leads to Harrison's 94th minute winner that game. This was a game that's the, well, it kept us up eventually, although with three points clear to Burnley, who'd lost anyway. But yeah, that was up there with the game at season for me because that was the, the, the sort of defining moment. But the one I've gone for is Leeds United. Well, it was Wolves 2, Leeds 3. And this is a game that was sort of controversial because we were 2 0 down. And I'm sure you remember it clearly. We discussed it at length. But Wolves had a man sent off. We managed to claw his way back into the game. Then got a winner in 94th minute from Luke Ayling. Uh, again, Ayling pops up with a goal, a vital goal at that. But. Um, yeah, that was my game of season because we were down and out and, and that was a massive three points. And when I look back this season, there didn't many wins in there, Craig, as you know, looking at the table, we haven't won a lot of games. And um, yeah, to sort of choose one of them, I didn't want to just pick a random, even though we beat Watford convincingly, things like that. And yeah, for me though, it was just about the, the fact that we were down and out in that game. And like we did, I mean, there's a start around, I think we've scored something like seven or eight 90 plus minute goals this season and they've all been vital. You know, you look back at sort of a lot of them, and one thing, you know, one thing nearly got into here was, um, yeah, sort of a lot of those games where we have scored late goals. But for me, that Wolves game, the fact that we were down and out, and, and the journey we went through, we won it in '94, and it went mad. Although I weren't there, sadly, the other two I were, you know, but the, yeah, the one I weren't there for Wolves, it just didn't, uh, yeah, it just it got mid that, and it was one of them where you thought we had no right to win that game. And 
bit of luck on the side that day, but we, we got all that lied. That is my game of the season, so well done for that. Uh, I would also like to concur on that one. Yeah, I went with the Leeds and uh, Leeds versus Wolf game, 3-2 to Leeds. I think with that game, the momentum sort of swung and then it, it gave Leeds fans and the players that, that little bit of hope, didn't it? It was like, we've got a chance here. Obviously, you're 2-0 down at half-time, dead and buried. Red card completely swung the the game back in Leeds' favour. But even to be playing against 10 men, you've still got to get over that line. Just because you're playing against 10 men, it doesn't automatically give you a win. And to get the three goals in the fashion that they did, to come come back against a decent Wolves side, solid at back. They've, I don't think they've conceded three at back for a while now. I mean, obviously, we scored three in the last game of the season against them. But at that point, they were a very solid, very compact team, and they threw the game away. For me, I went for with exactly the same as you. I think Leeds managed to capitalise, and they managed to uh, ride the luck in that game, and they did well to come back from the death, really. And uh, for me, that sort of built the momentum for the rest of the season, going on to survive. So, yeah, same same as you. I went with that one for the Leeds game of the season. Now, the Liverpool game of the season, I could have chose quite a few of them, to be honest with you. But I went with one just based on pure comedy gold, and that was on the 24th of October 2021. Manchester United nil, Liverpool 5. Now, after the game, it would it were worth picking this game just because, like, the post-match analysis by Neville absolutely ripping into him, Keane ripping into him. It's funny when Man U lose just to watch the commentators and the ex-Man United players falling apart and just picking them apart. Now, in that match, Salah managed to get a hat-trick. Uh, Pogba got sent off after 15 minutes of being on pitch. Mason Greenwood, I think he's been released now because I, I sort of looked to see how many goals he'd scored in some sort of other thing. And basically, it was sort of unattached on the uh, Premier League website. In that game, we had 19 shots, 8 on target, 64% possession, 731 passes, uh, and they ended up with six yellow cards, just which just shows you how frustrated we were. We, we, that for me, that was probably my one of the best games that I've seen us play in God knows how long. Now, for me, Manchester United are always our great rivals. They're always going to be. There's that much history between the two clubs, and to see them completely and utterly knocked off the pedestal, they were basically a mid-table team, and we absolutely steamrolled them. So yeah, that I went with that one. Manchester United nil, Liverpool five. At Old Trafford. I went for a different one, you know. Um, I'm going to pick that. So you kind of nearly read my mind there. But, um, I went purely on the fact that I thought it was one of the best performances of your season for the semi-final FA Cup. The City-Liverpool game. When you absolutely... I mean, I, I admittedly scoreline the 3-2 flat them a bit because they made a comeback. But for me, Liverpool in that game were, were, were unbelievable. You know, they were just... I, I didn't see them play as good as that all season. They won't have been where you thought Liverpool in second gear. They were literally fifth gear and yeah they might have dropped off at end because City are City but yeah that was my game at season for you that FA Cup semi and it just showed the golfing not only the golfing class what I mean is you just showed how close you are to them if not better you were better on the day what I mean is that gap became no gap anymore and I think now those two teams are neck and neck and it's all about signings and who kicks on now and who does what next season but um, it don't mean who throws most money about obviously as you know we bargain at season being Diaz but um, yeah I think it's um, yeah, that would have one that one I enjoyed. I just felt like it was one that really showed how far you'd come on the clock in that game. Very good game, that one. Very good. Uh, well, it's for me, it'd be a close second. But yeah, it's, it was a very good game, and I uh, I concur with you there, Mark. 
next category, we have the magic moment. Mark, if you want to uh, give us your magic moment, want that a song? I will. Yeah, this was um, interesting because what does this mean, Craig? We both said this thing. We could be anything, couldn't it? It could be anything that's happened to us this season. But again, I've got a couple of couple of things. I mean, generally it's a goal, isn't it? Because for me, moments in games are what you remember, and that's what you, you create scenes. So the, the, obviously the dimensions in there again are Harrison's winner versus Brentford because at that point I lost my nut completely. I realised we were safe, and then I sat down and my heart rate dropped from about 130 BPM down to about 40. It's space of five minutes. So pretty much, um, yeah, I, I was nearly gone by then. So that's got to be up there. And then second one I've got as a bit of an honourable is um, Pascal Strikes goal. Now, the reason this is magic is because, do you remember when I said to Craig after the Brighton game that that felt like something? Yeah. And it were like, it would have won all draw against Brighton. And I was thinking, why am I getting excited here? But that felt, something felt right about that. I don't know what it was, but that sort of was the moment if, for me that I felt it might be safe. Do you remember when, you know, my well, I won't get into the conversation about this guy Pablo Hernandez. I love the guy. So, you remember when I said about sort of he scored against Swansea for Leeds, and that was the moment that sent us off as champions from from Championship because he just knew at that point we we're going to win league. That was one of them for me. It was like Pascal scored that that late equaliser, hence him getting my player of the year, my young player of the year award, and that was a magic magic moment. But I won't dwell on that anymore. I tried to explain that. But yeah, my winner, and this is weird because we got beat far too. But the win, the, 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 it's the comeback versus Scum at Ellen Road. And the reason for it is we scored, we were 2 0 down at Man United. We scored two goals in a minute. You know, Rodrigo got that sort of, well, let's call it a cross because it was a cross. I'll be honest with you, it wasn't a shot. But anyway, floated that ball in, that fountain net, and then Rafinha got that tap in, didn't he? A few, well, six seconds later. Ellen Road absolutely erupted. And, and, and it was scenes that I'd not seen for a while. And even though we lost that game, not bringing us fans down that day because we pegged them back and they were dominating game. And for that one brief moment, it was like, these are bit of rivals. Like you said yourself, and Man United being a bit of rivals of yours. It just felt like, what a comeback. You know, I scored two past them in a minute in a game where we were expecting a drubbing. And we got a drubbing in the end, it was 4-2. But for me, that's magical. And there's been a lot of limbs, as I call them, Ellen Road this season. There's been a lot of scenes where I'd say it's our stand. But that were one way. It was just, yeah, it, it, it was just magical for, for the sake of two goals in quick succession. And it briefly picked... Like I said, the um, the other games I've mentioned, briefly pick that Brighton game because in Brighton game, lad behind me, Jacob, had a bit of bus nose and he got blood all over my lead shirt because he ended up jumping all over. And I've I asked somebody to elbow him in the face, and then he um, yeah basically took a took a hit. But yeah, that was a close second. But for me, that comeback against Scum was magical for me, and it was one memory that um, yeah I look back fondly on despite losing the game, which is very rare in football, isn't it? When you lost the game, so yeah, that's me on that one. Well, I went with a similar one to you in terms of you went with the Strauch header, strike header. I went with the cross, the little movement. Well, this is for the magic moment in Leeds, in, for me, for Leeds anyway, in the magic moment. It was the Geldart, little shimmy, lifted yeah. the ball over and then the cross rather than the header. I mean, it was good of him to get in that back post and the equaliser and everything. And we obviously know what happened from that scene's mental and everything. But I think the, the little bit of skill... The little jump over the player and the lofted past that back part, that back post for me that was the uh, magic moment of the season for Leeds. I, I really enjoyed his little bit of skill there to create something out of like absolutely that. nothing there. Fair play to the lad. You can see where he's uh, why he's highly rated. So yeah, that was my magic moment for Leeds. Now I know you said in terms of a lot of the magic moments are going to be goals and stuff like that, but I quite like an assist. I quite like a nice pass. 
So I've got an honourable... Well, I've got some... Both of them are basically um, co-winners here, really. I've got the Henderson pass for Salah against Scum. He's sort of on halfway line and he's sort of bent it outside of his uh, with his foot. And he's took about four or five different players out. Just completely isolated the players with, with this pass from halfway line. Like I said before, if uh, Kevin De Bruyne had of it that pass, that was for the fifth goal, I think, for, uh, for Liverpool against... Well, Salah's third. I think it was Liverpool's fifth against Scum. If... Kevin De Bruyne heard of it that pass. There'd have been people waxing lyrical over it all season. It was absolutely an insane assist. Um, I also got Salah scoring against Leeds for his 100th Premier League goal. And the co-winner of this magic moment was Salah's pass for Mane's 100th Premier League goal against Watford. Salah's sort of rolled a defender just on halfway line and then he's hit one way outside of his left foot. Curled it perfectly for Mane running in, and Mane's just tapped in for his hundredth Premier League goal. But it was just the, the two passes were absolutely exquisite. There were also them two passes in um, cup final from the outside of the boot. Allison to uh, can't remember what one. Then Trent did a similar one when Diaz nearly scored. So yeah, I quite like the uh, the outside of the boot. I mean, you could pick about thirty of Thiago's passes from this season. But yeah, for me, the uh, magic moment slash moments. Henderson's pass for Salah against Scum and Salah's pass for Mane's under his Premier League goal. I don't know if you've got one for Liverpool, Mark. I like that. like it a lot. So for me, I've sort of gone with a bit of humour here um, because obviously, you know, it's hard to pick out, like I say, we've picked out Salah's, you know, Salah's goal against, um, you know, we both agreed at Salah's goal the season earlier on against, against City. But I've gone as a magic set of moments and I've gone for the magic moment of, of Liverpool season was absolutely battering the shit out of Leeds when you beat us 6-0. That's a precursor for another award that I may mention very, very shortly. But ultimately, that for me were a magic moment for you on this podcast that following day when we recorded that podcast of that post-game show when I was properly depressed. That was sort of magical for you. I just thought, you know, there's a joy in that sort of particular performance where you just didn't stop. You were relentless that night and it was kind of, came at right time for you so I've sort of got you a, yeah cheating a bit because it's magic moments times six but yeah for me if I had to pick one it was Van Dyke's absolute thunder bastard of an header at last minute for six goal even though we were sort of down and out you could have passed it around back and chilled <laughs> Van Dyke decides to just smash an header past us just to uh, cement the you know cement the misery for Leeds fans but yeah that was when I went to point out just I found it funny at the same time it was uh, yeah magical for you but not very magical for me yeah, I agree there. I, I wouldn't have chose that one out of out of respect for the uh, lead <laughs> oh, side really? of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, one one magic as a as, as you work next day when you were basically on suicide watch. Yeah, I mean, I might mention it again before we finish, but that's just a precursor for what's to come. <laughs> well, next up we have got funniest moment category. Mark, if you'd uh, if you want to lead on that one. Yeah, so this is a bit harsh for me because I've got I've only got two. I've got I've got three things to mention. But to be quite honest with you, they're not that funny. They're funny for me, <laughs> and you we laughed about it. But in the grand scheme of it, it's not funny. So the first one is Tyler Roberts playing through injury against Leicester on first of Mar- in, in March's first game, just against Leicester, because the kid couldn't even walk. And he stays on pitch, and it was like having, like, he could have had a 50 stone block, so on pitch, it would have made no difference. It was just, it was funny because it was so shit, and it was just like, what the fuck's going on? And I've had that up there as a moment. I had to look back on it and I was just shaking my head thinking, why is he not just going off? And Marsh is like, stay on, mate. You're all right. You know, you're dying and that. Your leg's hanging off, but it's all good, man. Play through pain. So that whole one of them I found quite funny. 
The second thing I put is a bit of a a bit of a sarcasm point, but the, my honourable mention of the second funniest moment was the bar's lack of investment in January. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, that's not funny, but the fact that we laughed about it for like three weeks consecutively during January podcasts, and we were like, when we first started doing this, Mike, I haven't bought anybody yet. And uh, yeah, I found it ironic and funny that, you know, bar didn't invest in January, it cost us as Premier League status. But the winner is, again, a bit of a bad moment for the player, but it's Patrick Bamford. And the reason he's won that is because he came on as a sub. I don't know if you remember. He came back from injury, came on as a sub. Scored a really important equaliser against Brentford. Does this, like, loses his nut celebration, runs the halfway line, tries to do a sort of tipple over fails, falls over and can injure himself again. So <laughs> he actually got injured celebrating the goal and he's come back from injury. Now, again, that's not funny for Paul Patrick. And I'm sure we'll get mentioned in another award that we're going to give out later. <laughs> yeah. But... I just found that funny. I just felt like, you know, that was Leeds looking at us. I laughed at the, I laughed when I found out. I was like, who gets injured? Celebrating a goal after coming back from injury after having all them times out. But um, yeah, not, not quite a funny moment for, 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 for Bamford or for Leeds fans, but I found it just funny because it was that bad a season. I just thought, what's, what, what's next? So it did make me laugh. So as much as um, we've had a miserable season, those three things caused me a little bit of uh, laughter this season. The second one, maybe not so much a bit bored, but the, you know, we left to buy it for weeks, didn't we? And it caused yeah, us quite a, a bit of amusement. But... A running joke, that one, wasn't it? Was it Loire yeah. Loire that That's did That's why I mentioned it. Loire Loire, I'm sure they did for, for Portsmouth. Wasn't it Loire Loire that did it for Portsmouth? It did, I remember Redknapp carrying on saying, don't be, you know, if you score, don't be doing a backflip and stuff like that. And he did one and he got injured. And you just see Redknapp outside. Mate, you might be right there. I remember that stupid, I remember the celebration that he did. Because it was mental, wasn't it? He yeah. used to do that sort of. Tipple all into a that into a flip kind of thing. Yeah, I can do that. Now, I can't really. Oh yeah, in your dreams. But yeah, I remember it, it, uh, watching a thing. You know, like football's funniest moments. This is look if you fucking scored, don't be doing that stupid shit. Then obviously he fucking did it, and then he got injured. Like you absolute donut. Yeah, there were a couple of. I, I had to sort of dig deep in the recesses of my mind for this funny moment for Leeds because on the whole it wasn't really a funny season. What it like scraping yeah, exactly. to stay in league. Aha, we stayed up. Like, I mean, ironically, yeah, it is funny now that we can laugh at it. But hindsight's twenty twenty in it. But I went with a runner-up, the uh, Ailing celebration, which were absolutely dog shit, weren't they? When yeah. he when he did his little Robbie Keane, when his little rolling um, looking what's it called, Robin Hood, took his uh, arrow out and fired that. But the funniest moment for me, and it's not really a funny moment. It's like a personal thing to me. Is Leeds's second goal against Scum. Now, Rodrigo scored that first then, didn't he? And it were like a cross. Yeah. And Brooke were in the kitchen and I was screaming because I was like, fucking hell, fucking hell, we're a right goal. I mean, he didn't mean it, but it were a right goal. So she said, what's happened, what's happened? Ran into the living room and I've rewound it. And obviously, rewinding it, I've managed to fucking miss the second goal. It's like, oh, fuck. I remember so you did... saying, when well, I came, oh, when you texted me, and I missed it. Brooke yeah. was shouting out. Brooke was shouting out of the kitchen. Yeah, you couldn't fucking write it, could you? So I managed to miss the second one live. I've missed, I've missed so many goals, like going to the toilet or whatever this season, you know, filling my drink up or whatever. I managed to miss one other day. And then, yeah, that was just funny for me, well, that one, missing that second goal, because I fucking rewound it. Obviously, I didn't think there were going to be anything after that, so I just pressed back so that it were live again. And then when it were live again, it were to all, so I had to rewind it again to watch the fucking goal again. Anyway. I'm going to buy them tenner pads, you know, for men, you know, <laughs> yeah. that you can wear when you piss yourself, and you can just have them on next season. Like, <laughs> you like... I've debated I'll get you like one them, you know, them cafeters where you can yeah. put into a bottle or something while you're watching game, fill a bag up. I've deba- debated a cafeter, and I'm going to get we know one of them commodes that you used to have in Victorian ages with fucking chairs with a toilet in it. <laughs> on that. Yeah. So, so I'm potty watching game. <laughs> yeah. I'm just having a shit, I won't be a minute. 
Yeah, having to stand up and wipe in middle of living room in middle of fucking football game. Yeah, I'm sure that'll go down well. But the funniest right, moment Parsman comes while you stood there as well. <laughs> yeah. Standing wipe. Mr. Before, shit. <laughs> I'll have to get it with my clean hand. Yeah, uh, funniest moment for Liverpool. I went with 20th of November 2021. I know it won't have been 2021, will it? Yeah, it will. It won in November. Never mind. Alison, when he were trolling Pickford for time wasting. And I don't, I don't know why I put 2021 because it went on 24th of April, that one. So I've just corrected myself there. When Alison were trolling uh, Pickford for time wasting against Everton on 24th of April, because I don't know how he didn't get booked for it. I really don't. Every time Pickford were catching ball, he was just jumping on floor and then he were giving a little cheesy grin and you're like, you absolute knob. Like, what an absolute knob. Time wasting in, like, 15th minute and stuff like that. Like, you dickhead. And then we managed to score against them. I can't remember if we'd scored second by that point. I think we had... Ty were pretty much wrapped up and then uh, Alisson got ball and then just jumped on floor and all the crowd started cheering. It's like, ah, oh, there you go, you dickhead. I remember yourself, you said on podcast that it was funny with that one. So, yeah, that's that's my funniest moment for Liverpool. I like that one. I've got I've got a, a really random one here for you. Um, it's something that makes me laugh now. I still see it. I don't know if you've seen it, but it, it's going back like eight months ago now to pre-season. And a video came out of Liverpool's team photo shoot. I don't know if you've seen this, but Van Dijk's walking on to the side. You get this photo taken. Robbo comes running out. He's like, where am I? Where am I? And someone's like, you're on front why you want front of Amanda just says Adam goes because you're small <laughs> puts him in his place and tells him he's a midget basically to get on front row because he's a big man but uh, yeah it just tickled me but if you've not seen it Google it it's on YouTube but it's the fact that Van Dyke just tells Robert because you're small mate get your head up front and get your head knelt down but um, yeah that tickled me because it was a funny moment all they want in the season it's just something that I keep seeing it keeps repeating itself on social media and it's just yeah one that tickled me quite a bit so that is definitely the um, Definitely the one to go for. I think for me anyway. This I found it funny. It's quite funny actually, Van Dyke. If you watch some of the interviews and stuff, it won't surprise me if he's one of them that goes into punditry when he's finished because he's got a couple of jokes. Like you see him like having a laugh and joking about and stuff like that. And obviously on Liverpool um, Instagram page and Twitter page and stuff, you see him like doing stupid things. You know, just taking piss out of people like Matip and stuff. Is he a big man and stuff like that? He's quite a yeah. funny guy. Um, we've got the next category. Worst moment of the season. Now, in a season where most of the season was the worst moment, I would like you to lead on this one as well. He's going to say, can I just caveat that with the entire season? Yeah. No, what I'm going to go, I've got, I've got again, here he goes with his top three again, but um, one, I've got three things to mention. There's a lot, but the, the honourable mention has to go to the absolute drubbing that we were given by Liverpool 6-0. Not one of my worst moments at season, not because it was such a bad game, but the fact that I had to dissect it with you less than 24 or 12 hours after the game had ended. I think game ended at 10 o'clock and we were doing the podcast at 12, weren't we? So not even 12 hours had passed when I was hashing over it and trying to make notes about how bad we were. That was a bad, oh, that was a bad moment. Another worst moment is the absolute 7-0 dropping by Man City. Again, you kind of expect that from City, but it was just horrible. That was a game where the more you watched it, the worse it got and it was just more and more stressful by a minute and um, yeah, that was one that I just couldn't stand but the winner and it won't come as a shock because people will remember how I was around that time but it's when Bielsa got sacked and I appreciate people saying yeah, but why are you saying that because he survived under Marsh it wasn't the fact that he got sacked I do think it was time for him to go but it was the way it happened so we were at the game obviously and I said to you that there were rumours flying around that they were going to go and that were going to be it after that game 
And then, you know, bits come out like it did. We got no goodbye. We got no way of showing his appreciation for him. He kind of just got on a plane a few days later. Then he not came back to Argentina. We've not heard from him since. Or he's been linked with a couple of jobs. And, and it was sad. You know, you know how I like for a week after that. And, and you know, ultimately, Marsh has, has done a great job. He's kept us up. And he's still to prove himself, I think, because he kept us up only just. But he inherited Bielsa's ways, his team, his tactics to a lot of extents. Although he put his own stamp on us. He's got a crack next season of, um, you know, having a go under, and it'll be Jesse Marsh's team rather than Bielsa's team. But it was sad. It was, for me, what worst moment of my season? No one likes to lose a manager. Irrelevant of how bad you do in it, league. It's sad, isn't it? And so someone that gave us so much and took us back to the Premier League to go the way he did, not before time, if I'm honest, but at the same time, the way it ended made me really, really sad. And all gutted I could say about to him. So, um, yeah, that's my worst moment of the season. Nailed. So, yeah, that's the winner. Didn't he go? Big. Didn't, didn't he go to Bolivian national team or something like that, or was that just a rumor? Yeah, so there was rumors that he's, he's going to interview for that, but he's been he's asked to see tapes. So he'll also be meticulous, as we know, as asked to see all the videotapes of all the games. He's going to watch them, and then he'll make a decision whether he wants to take the job. So he needs to see if his brand of football will be adaptable, or so as well. You know, he can adapt. Should I say the way they play to his way? So yeah, he, he wants to sort of check them out before he commits, which I think is quite funny actually, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I just found that funny that he wants to check him out and he almost wants to say yes to them before I'm saying yes to him. Well, Yeah, that's the rumour. I'll do his check for him, the shit. So there you go, Mr. Bielsa, I've saved you a lot of time. If somebody wants to, I think they should fucking get him a DVD player who's watching all these tapes. You know, like when your granddad just refuses to fucking stay updated with technology, like, granddad, I've got you a Blu-ray player, look at picture, and he's like, no, 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 I'll just watch my tapes. Like... Come off it, yeah, man. Like, <laughs> Come on, man. You need to get a fucking... Player. Yeah, all right. We'll, we'll just bypass DVD. It's 4K now, Grandad. I'll get you a Blu-ray player. Fucking hell. I'll sort it out for you. I'll put HDMI... Oh, HDMI cable. What's one of them? You're like, oh, just leave it to me. Just give me give me some money and I'll sort it out for you, Grandad, because you haven't got a clue, have you? Watching all these crusty ass tapes, they're all going to be corroded. Yeah. <laughs> the HS were awful, though, weren't it? Because I remember... Great. dad once went to work on nights. I probably got to do it for this and all. You'd have thought I'd have like fucking stabbed him or something, but he basically wanted me to take Bill. You remember Bill? <laughs> yeah. so some people listening going, oh, what's Bill? Is it a person? But uh, yeah, that TV show, The Bill about Coppers, and it, it, it was like Wednesday night or something. So I'd have to take me a Bill. I'm like, I've got tape ready for you. You know, as he does, rewinds it in at a certain spot, as you do with VHS tapes. And then <laughs> I just didn't press record. <laughs> just fucking didn't do it anymore. Like, he acted like I'd literally spine his fucking tape, man. And he, he acted like no one done, you know, no worse could have happened apart from me not taping Bill for him. And he didn't talk to me for like three days. And I'm like, Dad, just the program, mate. But in them times, you didn't have catch up, did you? Or all like that. It was just if you missed the program, you missed the program, didn't you? There were no omnibus at all, Pop Bill. So yeah, I remember that. So that takes it back to VHS days of um, getting scolded by me. That's not taping Bill. It was like voodoo, wasn't it? You'd put them codes in and they'd tape it. Can you remember that? Like Video Plus or whatever, proper voodoo. I've got a weird story. If you had a posh one. I've got a weird story about VHS as well. I remember one time I'd found where my dad's porno stash was and he'd just had this porno tape (laughs) on top of medicine cabinet. It were on top of medicine cabinet and I'd fucking, I'd called my cousin like, hey, fucking come on, look at this, watch this shit. So we'd put it on, just about to fucking play it and then I walked to like end of passage and I'd seen my dad walking up street with our kids and I'm like, oh, fuck. So we've had to take, <laughs> we had to fucking bolt it and then they'll sort of like slide back into the house. And then when he'd come on, our kid came in and, and fucking Wallace and Gromit were in it before. 
It like because he, he were obsessed with Wallace and Gromit, so the Wallace and Gromit VHS were in before we put the fucking porno tape in. <laughs> but when he'd come in, the porno tape was still in, so I kid had pressed play on it. So it fucking came on screen. So my dad's obviously ran, fucking had to eject the tape out. And then it was one of them things where he says, Right, you're grounded, get out. Like, I don't know which one you want. Am I fucking grounded or am I going out or what? I mean, it was one of them where it was proper hilarious. And then obviously fucking porno started, and our kid's like, this isn't Wallace and Gromit. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he's doing to Gromit. That's not right. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, he won't fucking 22. He must have only been a kid and not known what was going on. But he was like, you're grounded, get out. Like, I don't know which one. I don't know which one. Oh, fucking, but yeah, I remember that. <laughs> Ironically, Craig, and this is something that links in, the at the end of this um, podcast, you always hear the little, the little goals, goals, goals thing. That was actually from a VHS tape. That I had. Do you remember that, Craig? I mean, it's him. you sent me a copy, didn't you, a few months ago? I did, yeah. I lost my, it was the original copy that you found, didn't you? No, um, no, I'd, yeah. I'd, uh, I'd bought This is where that comes from. So that was a VHS tape. The uh, the goals, goals, goals. It was one of the very best goals from the first Premier League season. But, um, yeah, that's ironic that the VHS copy of that is downstairs, actually. I've got it. And I ain't got a VHS player anymore. But, yeah, that's where that fame tune comes from. If anyone's wondering what that is, that's it. It goes on for about four hours. It's exactly the same fucking song. Ooh. <laughs> ooh. Anyway, I'm digressing. I've gone with the worst moment of the season. Now, you could have had a, a, an hour and a half's worth of worst moments for Leeds. Uh, you were talking about Mr. Marsh putting his stamp onto uh, Leeds and his uh, his own different ways and tactics. There were a couple of stamps this season that could have gone down as Leeds' worst moment. Uh, the Ailing tackle, which were absolutely dog shit. The Dan James tackle, both of them could have lost. Le- oh God, both of them could have cost Leeds the league or staying up in the league. But I went with the worst moment for me anyway, uh, from a Leeds point of view. But affected Liverpool was the Pascal strike tackle on Harvey Elliott. It was at that point it was looking the part, young lad just coming in at game, getting in at team and. Fair play to him, he said, you know, it was an accident and it was one of them that could have happened to anyone. And I think, in hindsight, I'm not sure if they punished the uh, the injury rather than the actual tackle itself. But yeah, for me, that was the uh, worst moment for, for me in terms of the leads anyway. Because he obviously got sent no, off that that, yeah. and they were it, out it for a while. It, you know, but yeah, yeah, it won't great. The, uh, the worst moment from a Liverpool perspective, bit of a toss-up between uh, that Real Madrid goal in Champions League final... And when City scored against Villa, I'm probably going to lean towards City goal, really, because as soon as they scored that one, even though Villa were 2-0 up before that goal went in, you, you just know it's inevitable, isn't it? It's that second goal is going to come, and then the third goal is going to come, and you could just so, slowly fucking see the league slipping out from, from the fingertips of Liverpool. Um, yeah. I mean... I know that a lot of people will be like, yeah, okay, mate, get over yourself. You still won fucking two cups. But to be that close and, and sort of come away with it, I know a lot of people will take piss about that. But, yeah, for me, that was probably the worst moment at season. The inevitable second and third goal once uh, City had scored that first one against Villa. And then Villa were, like, holding on to 70th, to about 70th minute, one before they scored that one. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's mine. But that's fair. And I think I've gone for similar thing in terms of the title really because that's the one that I think hurt Champs League was what it was you know we know that was just one of them nights where you couldn't play any better just didn't happen did it in terms of goalkeeper being fantastic but I've gone for Spurs game because I always said didn't I in the lead up to the title race that that'd dictate and I even said to you I did that stupid online predictor and I put you down for a draw against Spurs 
and that's where I sort of put, you know, put down that we're going to be a really big sort of um, turning point at season. And I think that probably had some effect as well on, on how it all ended. You know, if you'd have beat Spurs, what would have happened by them? I mean, chances are it'd have been, uh, it'd been your title, wouldn't it? So, yeah, it's one of them. And it's hard to look back on moments when you've had a good season and say that were worse because you've had quite a few in terms of good moments. I mean, not bad moments. And then your worst moments have come when you've maybe lost out in certain scenarios to people, aren't you? But, yeah, I think in the grand scheme of it, I think you saw the cracking season, aren't you? And, um, yeah, it's one of them that, you probably had a great season, but there are some moments in there that will make you feel a bit sick that still make sense. As you mentioned, yeah, that's uh, as far as I'll take that one. And that leads us on to, we've got two bit of comical ones now, haven't we, Greg? These, yeah, are, these yeah. They're not bad awards. They're just, the, the laughs are really more than up. But we've got, next one, it's the biggest sick note of the season award. <laughs> this is easy for me. Really easy. I mean, Craig will laugh. Probably got to say one for Leeds. But, um, yeah. yeah, for me, I've got honourable mentions go to Liam Cooper and Calvin Phillips. Both have spent a fair bit of time out of that team this season. Phillips probably, well, I'd say both. I missed them both equally, really, because Cooper at the back, when he came back, we looked better, as I've been saying for weeks. And then Phillips, you know, didn't come back great. But I don't think, there's a lot of things about Phillips. I don't think it was an injury. I think it was when he came back, the system didn't work. And maybe he's got one eye on not being at Leeds next season. And that's probably partly why he played like he did a little bit but the winner has to be Patrick Bamford so well done on being the Darren Anderton Signal Award winner for this season Patrick I mean he's missed 30 games this season say no more there's 38 games of Premier League season and he's missed 30 of them so um, or the 30 games should I say so he's the equivalent to nearly a full season because obviously you've got cup games and like I said Leeds Cups are very good you know we have what three games at Cup this season that's it so yeah, that's that's got to be it for me. Uh, I, where he stands now, I don't know. He's still down as being injured currently, so who knows if he'll come back next season? Who knows if he's still alive? No one knows. <laughs> but yeah, he's got to be winner for me as Bamford because who else do you give it to? To be quite honest. Yeah, I completely and utterly agree with you. That he's had uh, two hundred weeks, hasn't he, on treatment table? It must be on SSP <laughs> now. It fucking must be. It's got I agree to be, with you. Isn't it? I agreed with you, even to the uh, the Darren Anderton extent. I've put is the new Darren Anderton. He's, he's absolutely crocked, isn't he? Uh, what were it? Were it plantar fasciitis that he's got, or some something in that in that realm? Right, some one. It read that was similar one. When he was he was top Liverpool, he got yeah. blighted a bit, didn't he? And then he got yeah. It was sort of, there's certain players in that synonymous of injuries, and you just thought Owen. Yeah, just Owen's it, another it? one of them. Is the new Michael Owen? It's just some players just get an injury, don't they? And they just never seem to fully recover. And I tell you, a good one for Liverpool, Sturridge. Sturridge, when he first signed, they were like, wow, he could have been one of the greatest English top scorers of all time, but he was just cropped all time, wasn't he? And then once you, you sort of get cropped, you lose that little bit of pace. Even, you know, if, they, if they've got the pace to lose, they tend to sort of lose the pace and it goes that little bit more and a little bit more. And I think he's just been released from Brisbane Storm or something like that as Sturridge. Yeah, um, I went with Bamford as sick note of the season. I don't think it could have gone to anyone else. I think he stepped on a Lego at the beginning of the season and then that were him done, wasn't it? Uh, he spent most of the season injured. And I think, I think if I'm being honest, some of it were uh, carefully planned paternity leave. So it's like, do you know what? I'm, I'll get paid <laughs> yeah, more. I'll get paid more if I'm on sick. Than if I, got, uh, if I got paternity leave. But for Liverpool... And it's not his fault, really. And I've gone with the biggest signal of uh, Liverpool's season with Harvey Elliott. And I feel harsh saying it because, obviously, it's not his fault. And he, he came back. Credit to the guy he came back. He wasn't supposed to come back. It was supposed to be, like, a uh, season out sort of thing. Injury, lost sort of thing. But it, it didn't. He came back a fair play. And uh, credit to the lad for coming back. But, yeah, 
and I know it wasn't his fault, and I know we were injured, and it were a freak incident and a, a, a tackle. But I went with Harvey Elliott for Liverpool's biggest sick note. Didn't really want to, but other than that, didn't really have much choice. I did exactly the same as you, only because I looked at stats and I looked at days out and games missing, and ultimately, again, it was well. I'd say it won't. It won't his fault. It, but our fault of it. Let's be honest with you. We talked about that, you know, it happened in a game against us. So, yeah, as much as it's an unwanted award, he, he sort of carried it in terms of the, the, the largest absence from the team for the longest period. So he kind of won it by default, didn't he? I mean, you had a few, you had knocks all over the place, didn't you? Henderson took a few knocks into this season and you had sort of Thiago took a couple of knocks here and there, Fabinho. You know, you had a few players that got back in and showed a bit of fatigue. But to be fair, they played in every single game they could. So you're going to get injuries, aren't you? You know, it's inevitable that you're going to have players taking knocks and, and, you know, tired legs. So it's kind of, I, I you know, probably could have had more injuries and got away with it in terms of people could have given you abuse for the amount of games you played. But, yeah, I think that's kind of a fair assessment. And then we've got last one, which is a really harsh award. This, I think I know where your horse is going to go, actually, already for you. There's Liverpool. But um, we've got the we've got player of the season. We've now got worst player of the season. Now, please accept this as a bit of tongue-in-cheek. It's a bit of humour. We're having a laugh. People know where I'm going already with this, but um, honourable mentions have to go to a man that's so inconsistent. It's a joke, it's Junior Firpo. He's, he's an honourable mention, he hasn't won it. He sort of pulled it back a bit at the end of the season because last few games, actually, he stepped up a bit and he walked, trying his best to make things happen. So I couldn't award him it. Another one that's similar to that, and Craig will name this, I reckon, as his worst player. I might not, but I've got a strong feeling he might do. Diego Lorente. So Lorente for me has not been the worst because he has been invited to score goals this season. You know, he's actually been up there and had some good performances when we've won games, but he has made a lot of mistakes. But the winner, and I'm going to sound like I'm jumping on bandwagon, it's got to be Tyler Roberts. I don't see what Roberts offers to our team. Anytime he comes on, you, you met with a side. Partly Bielsa's fault because Bielsa's answer to plan A not working was Tyler Roberts. That was, that was plan B. There wasn't a, it's a tactical change or you know, let's do something different. Well, let's bring Ty Roberts on and we'll do absolutely fuck all in this game and we'll not affect it. When he got injured, I even said to you, didn't I, Craig, it's not going to be a miss to Leeds. He's a nice, nice bloke, is Tyler. And he, he gets in the Wales squad, but let's be honest with you, that ain't hard. You've got Adam Ramsey that still plays for Wales and got a fucking bail has played about 10 minutes all season. So, yeah, as much we won't go into that. We'll talk about that maybe at another time, you know, with the World Cup on the horizon and stuff like that next season. But, yeah, um, it has to be Roberts and I just don't see a future for him at Leeds. If Marsh thinks he can make a player out of him, fair play to you, Jesse, but I can't see it happening because Bill said if anybody would have brought it out of him and he didn't, we've got to do to Calvin Phillips. So, for me, Roberts, he's there to be released in my opinion. He's so young, lad. He might get some games in championship. He might come back and have a career yet in football in terms of high level. But, yeah, in terms of Leeds United, I just can't see it. and He's, he's easily won that for me this season. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I didn't go with Lorente actually because uh, every now and Did again he, he made, surprised me there yeah every now and again he made a contribution didn't he whereas for the person yeah. that I've chosen I don't think he made a contribution now this is absolutely confounded by the fact that he was injured and did as much as he was, did when he were injured on the pitch as when he was not injured on the pitch now we were on about it earlier on and uh, Mr Tyler Roberts congratulations I'm going to call a spade a spade, and you have got the shittiest player of the season for me in uh, in the Leeds team. Now, 
you are a better footballer than I'll ever imagine to be. So I can't slag you <laughs> off in that term. I can't, like, yeah, I'd be better than you. No, I won't be better than you, mate. You're a professional footballer and I'm sat doing a podcast in spare room of my house. So fair play. However, I've looked into this, right? And I haven't given you any research on this or any background research. So off the top of your head, how much do you think that uh, Mr. Tyler Roberts earns a week? Ooh, I know he's not going to be up there with sort of a top earners, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna sort of take a punt because again, I don't know, and it's a, it's an on the spot question, but I want to say around about twelve to thirty k a week. Now I've looked online and I'm not entirely sure how accurate this is, but according to a source that I was reading, Mr. Tyler Roberts aged 23 so bear in mind he's still got chance to improve aren't he because he's only 23 exactly so he's still young so time's on his side he's on 3.5k a week now i don't know who's ripping who off i don't know if leeds are getting ripped off because he's only on three and a half k or i don't know if he's a professional footballer he should be on more than three and a half k but that sounds like a ridiculous wage doesn't it three and a half grand a week He's a championship no, quality player. Isn't he? Would you? Would you? Would you? I mean, would you work for that as a professional footballer? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe that's partly to play with it. Like, fuck you, give me a pair. Of eyes. I thought it was a lot more. You know, I thought they gave him an all right deal because he was sort of signed as a as a potential. You could be a player at future. You know, young sort of Welsh international sort of come to Leeds, do what you can do. I didn't realise I signed him for peanuts, and ultimately, I apologise for dangling that carrot of a massive wage in your face when you can fuck all mate but <laughs> yeah. I say that you know to me and you that'd be if we were taking that away we'd be laughing wouldn't we but um, what I mean by that is you know when you compare that to Ronaldo's oh, 300 yeah. grand a week <laughs> God I yeah. mean there's a big difference in the Roberts and Ronaldo let's be honest with you the only comparison you can make is the insane name because of an R yeah, that's, it? that's about it they both got heads <laughs> yeah that's, both that's got about... a pulse and wear boots <laughs> yeah. for a living yeah, but yeah, um, one of them pretends wow. to be a professional footballer. The other one's won pretty much everything in the world. But yeah, three and a half grand a week. I, I still don't know who's getting ripped off. Leeds are him, you know what I mean? But yeah, he's gone with Fair my. Player, uh, I don't think I'd. Uh, I don't think I'd give me all for three and a half k a week. Professional <laughs> footballer. Saying that, if there's any clubs out there listening, I'm a free agent at the ripe old age of thirty-seven. I reckon I've got a bit of a Leeds Trundle vibe about me. I put a bit of timber on. Might better do a job in in, in non-league. Yeah, give us a ring. Turn me up, I can get you style. I'd happily, happily, happily sit on a fucking bench for three and a half grand a week, mate. Happily. I'd drive myself there, I'll drive yeah, myself agreed. back, and I'll even clean benches in between matches. Three and a half grand a week, fucking hell. Anyway, um, this is probably not going to come as a surprise to Mark. I've gone with Liverpool's shittiest player, and I'm just going to call it shittiest player because he's not going to listen. To be fair, so I've gone with Mr. Naby Keita. Now, the prob- <laughs> <You're gonna do laughs> I'm not even having a runner up. I wrote it down and went, it's Naby. I knew it was going to be that. <laughs> well, and this is going to sound harsh because towards the end of the season, I started calling him Scabby Keita because I thought he was that bad. But the, the problem with him is, and Carragher sort of picked up on this not that long ago, you look at sort of some of the stats and like some of the games where I've wanted to single him out for criticism, I've looked at the stats and he's like, first in terms of runs. First in terms of passes, first in terms of tackles, and you're like, is that the same player that I'm watching? Because he'll just get the ball and he'll just give the ball away, or he'll get tackled, or he'll fall on floor, or other day he, he took a pot shot and it was just 35, 40, 40 yards, 45 yards over. But you're like, That's what the fuck there, are you it's, doing? It's still it's going. Special last week, that. It's next next to fucking Kepa's penalty from from final of the earlier on in the season. You're like, what the fuck is this? But 
then when I were going to single him out for some criticism, I was looking at like air first in terms of runs, pass accuracy, top. Like this can't be the same player. Like if you just look at raw stats and raw data, like sometimes I'm blinded by stats and data because you can look into that and wow, it looks amazing, but he isn't amazing. It's all right to be amazing in terms of the stats and look and go, right, he does this and he does that and, you know, he's, he's amazing. But the way that you see him on the pitch, you're like, that it, that doesn't marry to that stat. So I, I singled him out for uh, for criticism. Now, again, he's better than Tyler Roberts and, again, he's better than I will ever, ever, ever imagine to be. You know, I'm probably lucky if I can beat him on fucking FIFA or whatever. He is a professional footballer. I am a professional knobhead. However, I'd be quite happy if uh, what's been touted as a move to PSG, I think I think 40-odd million pound PSG have uh, been pr- proposed to have announced for a transfer for Mr. Cater. I know there'll be a lot of Liverpool fans that'll happily set up a fucking crowdfunder or a Kickstarter that'll happily match that fee. So if... PSG are willing to pay £40 million for him. Off you pop, lad. Thank you for your service and get yourself off. Yeah, I don't know who you've got for uh, Liverpool's shittiest player. Slash worst you're going to hate mine. You're going to hate mine. And again, it's subjective. I've said this many a time and you're going to disagree because you singled this guy out of a praise. But I have to go with Simicast. And I know you don't like that. And, and I'm not saying he's a bad player because like you said, he's run rings around me and twice on Tuesday, you know. But whenever I see him, I thought, I just don't like I just don't like how he plays. Like, he just, for me, he grates on me a bit. When I've seen him in games this season, he hasn't done out. Maybe because the fact I'm comparing him to the two players, you know, that play either side and, and where he plays and stuff, you've got some really good talent and you're behind that. So maybe I'm expecting the same from him and he don't give it because he's not as good, which is fair enough, hence him being a fringe player. But yeah, that's the reason I picked him. I picked him so I don't like I'd probably a really nice guy. And again, he's 10 times of football that, that I would ever dream to be in my wildest dreams. But yeah, I just, yeah, Kato were in there with it, but I've just every time I've seen Simicast, I've not been impressed with him. But like like you say, Craig, you've seen him a lot more than I have and you've watched him a lot more than I have and you've seen what he can do. So I'm not gonna say that, you know, my opinion's correct. It's just yeah, it throws a bit of a, a discussion point out there, doesn't it? But yeah, it's not against the guy, it's just I've not been impressed when I've seen him. But then yeah, Kato shot the other day, like I said, it, it bounced off a of Kepper's penalty. Smashed the space, international space station window, and it's now floating about it. You know that's now floating around the atmosphere. So, yeah, what a bad shot that one. It was a case of lean back, but I think he did more than lean back. Then he was like, "Whoa!" We've seen that there's a video online a minute of guys trying to kick footballs into stadiums. So if you're seeing that's going to be viral at the uh-huh. moment. Kate will do it opposite by kicking ball <laughs> out of the stadium, one and passing it back to him. But, um, yeah, again, again, it's like you said, it's all subjective stuff and it's a bit of a laugh, you know, we aren't going to, we won't boo these players, we won't criticise them for the person, you know, it's just one of them and it, if you've got to pick it out, just as a bit of a laugh and a bit of a, well, it's almost like them, what do I call, is it, you know, the alternative to Oscars, is it Raspberries or something like that? Razzies, I think Yeah, so, yeah, they have them, don't they, where it's like, oh, you know, you're a bit shit at acting, even though you're an actor and you paid for it, you probably earn more than most people do in a year for one film. It is an award to tell you that you're bad, but, um, yeah, that's it. It's a wrap in it. I mean, we've had it all today. We've had a good a good few awards given out, haven't we? Even though there's no physical awards, it's just verbal <laughs> nods from us. We've had a stage invasion from my dog, which I'm still laughing about now. I can't wait to wear that back on recording, the fact that she snuck in the room. Normally, I look over my shoulder because the bed's behind my bed, and I'm looking around, I'm thinking. And the next thing, because obviously you, you hear the kicking, booting off, and they were like, then you panic, don't you? start trying to mute your microphone. So yeah. I just said, you know what, Greg? I'm just going to fess up here. My dog's invaded this show. I'm going to kick her downstairs, which I, I, just for 
purposes of you know legal you know legal stuff. I didn't kick it downstairs. I verbally kicked it downstairs and told them to get out of that room when I muted the mic. But um, I don't want no Zoom treatment, do I? Craig? I don't want people no. listening to me and getting RSPC on me my doorstep. But yeah, dogs and podcasts don't mix. But yeah, I want to echo Craig's thoughts from the beginning because we have sort of crept over Ocker Hour, which is really good for an award show because it's a bit of an end of season bonus. I want to sort of echo Craig's sentiments at the start that, you know, we do appreciate this. It's 23 weeks and a lot's gone into it. You know, you might think, as I said before, it's just us sitting down having a chat and it kind of is, but we have to prep it. And, you know, my kids see it, they come down, I've got my laptop out on it on a Monday. I don't work Mondays at the moment, child care issues. And they come down every Monday and say, why are you getting your laptop out, Dad? I'm making my podcast notes. All right, okay. And it's just one of them, right, I'm on my laptop even though I'm not physically working because... I need to make me notes for sure. I need to do a bit of research. So yeah, lots going into it. And um, I, I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed myself again today, like I do every week. And um, yeah, so I appreciate everything that everybody sort of has offered in terms of, you know, on social media, you've interacted with us, people that have listened. There's some people that listen religiously week in, week out. And for that, you know, one of them is, is my own son, Lucas. So thank you. One of them's Craig's wife, Brooke, who is again, a big supporter of ours. I mean, it'd be a bit, i say, if she want to support her, my wife didn't even listen. So I've, I've wished happy birthday. I told her I loved it about three times this year and listened to a word. So um, like you said, it's uh, not for everybody's a podcast, but yeah, those that do enjoy it, thank you. I also sort of want to shout out as well, obviously Jason Lou, Liverpool fan. Um, he's listened religiously week in, week out and to be not related to me and Craig. And yeah, he knows me through association of football and obviously, you know, I've become friends after the while because we've talked to the lad that much that, you know, you sort of form friendships, but He's one of these that's listened to us week in, week out. And when podcasts don't go live on a Monday, he's asking me, oh, that's a bit late today. And he knows when we record, so he almost looks for it. So I think people like that sort of give us reason to do what we're doing and, and for us to enjoy this. And like I said to Craig, it's a process for me, and we, we, we're enjoying it. You know, we're going to come back next year bigger and better. We're going to sort of think about content. We're going to bring back some of the segments that we had around um, you know, players and, and top threes and stuff like that. Craig's got a few ideas. We're going to get together with a right good, good brainstorm, aren't we, Craig? And, yeah. um yeah, yeah. so we're obviously a reboot. So episode twenty four, no, yeah, twenty four, there'll be a reboot of the sort of show, but it'll be some new content and it'll be kind of us getting ready for new seasons. So yeah, this is like a bit of a sign off bonus. Is twenty twenty one, twenty two season done? And yeah, next season's there. So yeah, one final thing I'll say before Craig does his sort of goodbyes is just social media again: Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter. You know, YNWT podcast. Again, YNWT podcast is the handle for all of them. You can find us on there, interact with us, any, you know, anything you want to sort of bring up or any ideas you've got, things you'd like to see or listen to, should I say, we'll give us a shout. But yeah, as always, Craig, I've enjoyed it. Appreciate all your time as well, because me and you've got a lot of effort in between us as well. We chat most days, don't we, about stuff and any yeah. kind of, yeah, we don't just sit down for an hour a week or an hour and a half a week and chat shit. There will be a lot of work into it. So I appreciate all your efforts as well on this. Thank you very much Not for me. your time. Thank you very much, Mark. I will. Uh, I'll let you go and enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you very much, Mark, and speak to you shortly. I'll speak to you all soon. All right. I also want to give a shout out to a couple of people. Uh, Mr. Duncan Slark, listening all the way from Oslo in Norway. Thank you very much. And Chris Bagnell, who I mentioned in an earlier story. Thank you very much. Similar to uh, Jason, I do get um, messages and stuff if the podcast doesn't go live on Monday for whatever reason. Uh, again, thank you everybody that's listened so far. Thank you if this is your first episode and you've just tuned in. Uh, feel free to listen to the other 22 episodes if you've managed to listen to them from day one. one. Thank you very much for your time. 
Again, me and Mark have got some things in the pipeline that we are currently discussing. Next week, we are on our vacation slash holidays, so there will be no podcast available next week. However, the week after, probably going to bring something new to you. Um, Thank you very much, and enjoy the rest of the day, evening, afternoon, whenever you've found the podcast. Thank you.